Let's go, you all. Welcome to the next season of Arch 4.0. Today, our sponsor is Strip and Tulips. Strip and Tulips aims to provide solutions to make women feel more empowered in their own bodies. And with that, we have our guest, Dr. Grace. Dr. Grace, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Dr. Grace from DTAP Clinics. Uh, DTAP Clinics is a GP Plus chain. We specialize in men's health, women's health, and sexual health. Amazing. So today, we're going to be talking about our vulvas and how we should care for it, or how at least I think we should care for it. And Dr. Grace will be here to share some medical insights from her perspective. Um, on vulva taboos, I feel like there is much stigma around the vulva, um, be it talking about it or even having medical conditions about it, and being afraid to speak up or even probably seek medical attention. Is that true? Do you face that in the clinics where people are a bit shy about it? I think we probably see a mix of, um, you know, patients. Mm -hmm. So for some individuals, they're actually quite happy to discuss it in clinic mm -hmm. because they may have encountered confusing information. Maybe they've heard different things from friends, read different things online. So they're mm -hmm. actually quite happy to be able to discuss it with me. Mm -hmm. But for some other people, they feel quite uncomfortable talking about their vulva. Mm -hmm. Maybe even to the point where they don't even want to use the term vulva at all. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, so they will use like you just know. other type of uh, phrases. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, I get it. So even for me, I think when I got a bit confused whether or not it's actually a medical condition when I experienced different types of issues with my vulva, and I found it, especially at the time when I was growing up, I found it a bit harder because there was no internet, there was no information on that stuff. Um, and it was a big stigma to even talk to family about it, much less seek medical attention. So I'm actually quite thankful that we're having this conversation as well because if you're shy about this stuff, let us tell you that it is an open conversation to be had. This is a normal topic to talk about. Yes, correct. It's very normal as you would talk about allergies or hair loss or any one of those other things. Do you... Is there like an actual like life stage type of thing for the vulva? Well, I suppose you could say that the vulva may change throughout your lifetime. Yep. So for instance, during puberty, um, the labia start to enlarge mm -hmm. and then one may grow pubic hair. Mm -hmm. and then later on, maybe with childbirth and age, uh, you may notice kind of changes in terms of skin colour due to pigmentation and all. And then as we age even more, um, the vulva skin may start to lose its elasticity. Mm -hmm. The labia may also start to kind of sag. Mm -hmm. yeah, so I would say there probably are quite a bit of changes that one may notice. So just like our skin, our face, you know, everything that we experience that you can see, um, your vulva changes with time as well. Of course. From my perspective, personally, having gone through uh, motherhood and obviously puberty and all of that, I'm 37 this year. Would you call that middle-aged? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm middle-aged, I think. Um, but having gone through all that, I have definitely experienced changes in my vulva and um, it's quite drastic, I think. The from Like I said, in the past where there was not much information on vulva and there was no internet connection like there is today, neither was there wiki and all this whatever, which I think you may agree sometimes might lead to confusion as you said before. If you read too much on like any sort of like information on Google, it's still best. I feel like everyone is different. 
Is that also accurate to say? Uh, yes, definitely. Yeah. Like everyone's vulva is different. Your individual anatomy is always Correct. going to be slightly different from someone else's. Yes, so we cannot just like rely on generic information and then use the information on yourself. So it would be best to consult someone if you're facing any kind of issues. Consult a doctor, maybe Dr. Grace here, um, for any kind of issues. Uh, but if not, for me, like everything that you've just mentioned, I've noticed like um, skin discoloration, colour changes, um, just not as plump as before, as when I was much younger, obviously as a child and then growing older. And uh, with physical activity, would you consider that one of the, uh, something that causes a big impact to your vulva? Because I'm quite physi physically active in many ways. I suppose certain sort of physical activities, you know, um, perspiring more and all, could yep. potentially lead to skin changes. Mm -hmm. um, for, for instance, some people may run into problems like um, uh, some sort of um, inflammation of the skin mm -hmm. or even chafing from tight clothing to mm -hmm. exercise a lot. Yes, definitely. I'm one of those people. And uh, also, I think through our period cycle, the menstrual cycle, I think there are also changes to my vulva before, during and after, I feel. But I don't know if that's accurate. I suppose, well, theoretically, there isn't supposed to be a huge... It's not a huge change. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not like goes from like this to like this or like, like this. It doesn't get stretched or anything, but more of uh, like discharge. Oh, possibly, yes, for sure. Yeah, yeah so yeah. the amount of discharge or maybe something that might be older oh, yeah, and things yeah. like that. Yeah. You know, in the past, it used to be very taboo to talk about menstrual periods, mm. but now it's not. Yeah. So the same with the vulva, you know, um, it's part of... Actually, uh, to interject, right, but please don't lose your train of thought like I would. Um, I fully agree because back in the day, to talk about your menstrual periods is a big no-no because of the taboo that, it, that is stuck together with blood. That and I suppose just talking about genitalia in general. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. Because, okay, this is a whole other topic for a whole other time, but I guess it also pertains to vulva care. During your periods, if you're using pads, if you're using tampons, if you're using things like that, panty liners and whatnot, you are essentially kind of, how do you call it, like, it's not breathable? How do I put it in a way where well, um, that it's not too graphic? I think it's really, the word is, um, the vulva skin really might have trouble breathing. Correct, speak, yeah. correct. Yes, I'm not wrong. Yes. And doctor backs me up. So, I the, what I have found is that when I during my period, vulva care is exceptionally important because of those issues. Like you're, if you're wearing a pad, if you're wearing a panty liner, if you're wearing a tampon, and and those things are not normal things that are part of your body. They are very helpful, of course, and we need it, of course. But it is still something that's foreign. It's a foreign entity that you're slapping on your skin all day. For example, masni, right? So yeah. now we have masni because you know that it's on your skin all day and you can't breathe and you get acne, right? Same thing for your vulva. I do see, I mean, I do see quite a lot of ladies when they come in with some sort of skin irritation, maybe like um, some sort of infection, a cyst and whatnot. So I ask them, um, did you just finish your period? Yes. Did you mm. just use, um, you know, a lot of menstrual pads? Yes. Yeah. yeah. To that effect, I think it's really important, like she mentioned, Thank you, you're a doctor for a very good reason. Thank you for bringing up the fact that like, you know, you're, if you're, people are more okay to talk about menstrual cycle, like, you're, I'm okay with asking my boyfriend to buy me a tampon, then we should slowly normalise proper care. It's all part of the same 
issue, I believe. It's all about it's essentially women's health. Yes, yes, yes. Women's health in a nutshell. And after all this talk about the vulva, some of you might be curious why we're using this term vulva instead of the term vagina. So I think the widely most commonly used term is vagina. Do you get that when people come to the clinic? Yes, everyone, most people tend to say, I have vaginal itching. Correct. But they may actually refer to they may actually be referring to the vulva instead. Yeah. Yeah. So we have prepared for you today an illustration. Thank you to our studio assistant. Jace, what is the vagina versus what's the vulva? So the word vulva is actually the correct term used to describe the external female genitalia. Yep. So that refers to your labia majora, labia minora. Hold on, slow down, slow down, I'm trying to find it. <laughs> Okay, right, yes, yes. The clitoris. Yep. The vaginal opening. Yep. As well as the urethral opening. Yep. So when we say vagina, what do we mean? The vaginal opening. When we refer to the... When we use the word vagina, we're actually referring to the muscular canal, mm -hmm. which connects the vaginal opening mm -hmm. to the opening of the womb, also known as the cervix. Ah, see? So that's now you know, guys. internal organ. That's, those are internal organs. Uh, entrance to the internal organ. And to be honest, blatantly honest, I never knew the difference until probably, I think maybe a few years ago. Why is it important to know the difference? Well, I think it's um, important to know the difference because you're simply referring to two separate parts of your anatomy. Yep. So if you have some sort of um, you know discomfort or symptoms, uh, it would be good to know exactly where they're coming from. Like there's quite a big difference between a bump on your vulva versus a bump inside your vagina? Yep. Yes, I think it would be similar to saying I have a bruise on my elbow when you really mean yeah. your you know, <laughs> wrist. Um, so, something new you learned from us today. I feel very uh, educational today because I have a doctor next to me. So like, it has become an educational podcast. Alright, now what, this leads me to the point, what does vulva care mean to me? And this, I actually really, really strongly want to share and believe in because I think as I grew older, and like I said, all these topics became more okay, or, or at least to me, okay to talk about. I have found that having better vulva care actually contributed to a lot less issues to the vulva. Dr. Grace, do you want to expound on this a little bit more? on vulva care and your, your perspective on it? Okay, so um, good vulva care is essentially practicing um, good hygiene mm -hmm. and ensuring that you avoid any sort of um, uh, things which may cause irritation, discomfort or infection of the skin. Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's kind of vulva care in a nutshell. Okay, and um, how should we take care of our vulva? So, um, first is of course practicing good vulva hygiene. Mm -hmm. and that means avoiding any sort of products which may irritate the skin. Mm -hmm. So for instance, I'm talking about things like strong soaps, um, any sort of bubble baths, bath oils, all this sort of uh, chemical, you know, chemicals that may irritate the skin. But I, have, I have something to add to this because I think before I found out about Barba Care products, um, I was using, you would just use your regular soap, you would mm -hmm. use your regular body wash to wash your vulva as is what, as that was what I did. And I think that it actually caused a lot of issues for me in terms of uh, discharge and odours. Like I said, pre, like right before um, 
my menstrual cycle because I think that it's time like when my hormones are also going crazy, right? Yeah, I mean, you, you would experience some hormonal changes at different parts of your menstrual cycle. Yeah, so then I think during that time is when, when those um, regular body washes did not serve me and would cause like these issues. So I think what she's saying is valid, not that I think she should know that what she's saying is valid, she's a doctor, but I agree with what she's saying entirely. Um, a proper wash for the barber is just like what you would buy a face wash for your face. It's just as important to me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, while it's important to you know ensure that we cleanse the vulva well, it's also important not to overdo it mm-hmm. because over frequent washing may actually cause dryness and irritation instead. Yep. So um, of course, for some people who have extremely sensitive skin, they may choose to just wash with lukewarm water. But I understand that a lot of ladies, you know, they prefer to use some sort of cleanser. Yeah. In which case, I think something gentle, mm-hmm. um, something moisturizing would be a good choice. Okay. Um, and do you think? we should check our vulva like how we would check our breasts like for example are there any kind of health screenings out there for the vulva so i mean there's no specific sort of health screen for the vulva but i do think it's quite essential to familiarize yourself with your own vulva anatomy simply because then you know what is normal and when you have any sort of um, unusual symptoms like maybe new bumps ulcers any sort of skin changes then you can pick up on that and you know when exactly it starts, you can see a doctor early as well. Since we're talking about the vulva and screening, do you want to tap on pap smear testing? Ah, okay. So pap smear screening, um, while it's slightly separate from vulva health, it's still a very, very important part of you know, overall women's health. So um, when we talk about pap smears, we're actually referring to routine cervical cancer screening, which is recommended for all females. Is there an age group specifically? Because I have younger friends, when I tell them about it, they go, huh, do I need to do that? I'm only like 22, you know. Oh, so pap smears are actually recommended for, um, you know, ladies. You can start from your age 20 plus onwards. Um, It should be done. It's not really something where you start when you're older. Okay. Because cervical cancer can affect younger people as well. Now to proceed on, uh, on vulva care, to expound on that a little bit more. I want to talk about the Tulips products that I have been already using and uh, how I think that they have helped me and they have a full range um, but I'm going to talk a bit more about their prebiotics range um, and there's a full full range so I'm really just going to talk about maybe two or three products that I really like. Uh, a little bit of background info, Tulips is the world's first intimate luxury care range for the vulva. The microbiome of our skin consists of good and bad bacteria. Prebiotics help to balance the good and bad bacteria, thus supporting the skin with good bacteria to keep the skin happy and healthy. The products are pH-friendly for the vulva. Dr. Grace, do you have anything to add to that? Um, So I think it's good to use products which will not disrupt the natural um, pH of the vagina. Yeah. Once again, this being the vagina is on the inside and your vulva is on the outside. So, um, pH-friendly products basically mean that even if the product gets into your vaginal wall, it will not disrupt. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, so I mean, because some of it may potentially kind of come into contact with... Yes, definitely. Um, you know, a bit, or maybe a little bit of the inside, so you wouldn't want that to disrupt your natural vaginal pH. Yep. What issues come up, can occur? when the pH balance is off. So if there is disruption to the natural vaginal pH, then yep. you might get certain unwanted vaginal infections. Yep. So anything from what we call bacterial vaginosis, which 
kind of causes like a fishy smell to yeast infections. Yeah, just rather unpleasant things. Yep. Okay. I think that that's me actually. I think before I found Barber Care Range, um, before I started using uh, like proper cleansers for your barber, that's what I experienced before. I don't know what it was ex exactly because I never actually went to get it tested. I just thought, oh, this is normal. So once again, I feel like the conversation that we're having today should be a conversation that anyone can have on the vulva because it actually educates, you actually educate yourself and you're helping yourself and women around you or even guys listening to this, right? It's not just for women. It's for you to help the women around you in your life to take better care of themselves. Uh, because I feel like before when I had bacterial infections in the vulva, um, I didn't know how to deal with it. I didn't know what it was. And I, it was very embarrassing, obviously, sometimes. But at the same time, after I found a cleanser that was good, I swear to you, the issues all went away. Miraculously. And I never knew anything about pH and all that before. Which is why I'm glad to have this conversation with Dr. Grace today. With that, I'm going to introduce you to um, the Tulips Rinse Gentle Prebiotic Cleanser. It removes surface grime and dirt without stripping the skin's natural oils. It helps to smoothen the skin surface so it doesn't leave the skin tight or dry. When I put the products on my fingers, it's actually very liquidy soft. I don't know if that's a word to use. You are also able to use it not just for your vulva, but for your entire face and body. So I feel like it's just like an all-in-one when it comes to a cleanser that's pH-friendly. Next, I'm going to talk about the scrub. So, same packaging, pretty. I have this thing about how things look in my toilet. I care about my toilet a lot. So when I actually see all the products there, I feel my eyes visually feel pleased. Next, we have the Conject Jelly Scrub. You can use it all over your body, but why it's also good for your vulva is because it's made up of biodegradable conjunct jelly beads that are not too harsh on the skin. These are micro beads we're talking about. I know that uh, coffee scrubs are also a thing now, right? But I've tried that before and I think it leaves, it's a bit rough on the skin while you're scrubbing. I am a fan of scrubbing like at least once a week. And the product is safe for marine life. So there you go. Next, we have the sleepover. Perfect for lazy people like me. Why? Now, the sleepover is a repairing overnight mask. What you can do is, for me at least, I have very hectic days and sometimes these days push into nights, working from home and whatnot. So I can finish work at maybe 6, grab dinner, go back to the computer. You're sitting there until like whatever amount of time. You've been on the computer all day and I'll even have my meals in front of the computer. So what I feel is when I go and have my turn down time, which is my, you know, you take care of yourself at night, I take my shower and whatnot, wash up. The scrub and the overnight mask is almost like a treat to myself because you've had a long day and it's stressful and you can't have wine every single night because then you kind of sound like you're an alcoholic. So there are things that you can do to, <laughs> see Dr. Grace is laughing at me, but there are things that you can do to kind of like give yourself little treats. I think that is the way I tweak my stress levels as well to believe that I'm treating myself with an overnight mask and a scrub. I'm taking care of myself, a little bit better care of myself. So the overnight mask is easy because after a long day, you don't want to worry about, oh, I have to wait 10 minutes and take it off, whatever. 
It nourishes your skin with vitamins and seals in moisture and the next day, you wake up like you just woke up from a spa. So to conclude the podcast, um, there are two lessons for today. The first is to take better care of your vulva because personally to me, it is really important. All of life stages, your vulva keeps changing, right? And if you've never known before, there are products out there for you to help take better care of your vulva. Conversations with your doctor can help you take better care of your vulva. And it is important to have this conversation as Strip and Tulips also believe in normalizing conversations surrounding the vulva. Dr. Lubez, help me out here. Why? Well, yeah, so Why I, should we normalize this conversation? It's actually talking about the vulva should be you know, a very normal thing simply because if you don't talk about it, um, then you don't know what is correct or you know what is healthy and what is not. So there are a lot of ladies who may assume something is normal and they only find out that it's not normal after they finally talk to their friends after years. Yeah, Same, so. like my like the bacterial infections that I actually faced before. Yeah, so rather than assume, you know, it's always good for us to be able to have an open conversation, you know, with friends, with your doctor, just so that you can take care of your vulva health just as you would with any other part of your body. Yes, because it is really important. For me, why it's important is because I have a lot of friends, right? A lot of female friends, a lot of male friends and I don't think that it's a male or female thing. I think being able to talk about the barber should be a very open thing so that you can even talk about it to your partner if you have a male partner, you know, like your 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 dad or, or anyone. It shouldn't be like a topic where you shun away from because it is just as important as saying like, mm, I have, you know, any kind of hair loss or yeah, yeah, I have a headache. Yeah. It should be as simple as that because I want, I have a child, right? I have a daughter and I want her to be able to come up to me one day and say, mom, I'm feeling um, an itch in my vulva and I don't know what to do with it instead of her, you know, not knowing what to do and taking the wrong measures. In a time where I was growing up, she's a lot younger than me, but in a time where I was growing up, my parents didn't do that for me. It was not an open conversation. A lot of things were not a conversation. And being in the 21st century, 37, a mom, semi-adult, feel like a child most of the time, I feel like we are so lucky because we live in a time where it is okay to talk about things that used to irk people in the past. And I have I've witnessed myself firsthand when I talk about vulva issues and whatnot. The person in the next table feels awkward. And I get it. Of course, don't go into graphic detail. Nobody wants that. But I feel like the more we're open to talk about this, the more people are accepting of this, it makes the conversation easier and it makes healthcare profession it makes it easier for healthcare professionals to then help you. Yeah, I think it makes it easier for you to seek help when you need um, you know some sort of uh, when you have a medical problem pertaining to the vulva. So rather than feeling ashamed or shy or awkward about something, at least you can speak up early about it. Yeah. Um, and see a doctor early rather than come in after like six months, yeah, yeah. a year. You know, yeah. Of course, with any kind of medical condition, the mm. faster you address it, the better. Yeah. So it's just really part of your health as a whole. Yes. Try having an open conversation with your female friend, family or someone that you care about. Because, But don't start the, the conversation awkwardly, right? Don't go you know, straight to direct detail. But more, you can even start very simply like, hey, I've, I saw this podcast and I heard about tulips. 
what do you think or what is your opinion of our care and start the conversation there because normalizing it is just as important to me as normalizing the conversation with my daughter about her emotions per se like all emotions are valid emotions even if you're angry and crying it's okay so if i can say that to my daughter i can also tell her that your vulva is important you need to take care of it in the shower like you should not you know go once this is a real life story okay my daughter was playing with the jacuzzi in the pool and then like the water and she was like her vulva was there and then i think it caused some kind of infection because after that there was pain coming from her vulva but a kid does not have as many constraints as we do as adults so she could openly tell me mommy it hurts when i pee and that is helpful because then i can bring that to her doctor and say okay this happened and now it hurts when she pees what can we do and imagine if this at that time she was 5 imagine if this 5 year old grew up into a 15 year old and now nobody talks about it cuz she's so boxed off and closed up and she doesn't tell me and she tries to fix it on her own i feel like that would be a way worse situation than if she just came up and talked about it what do you think uh, i think a lot of to uh, summarize just in 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 summary okay well i think in summary it's good that we had this conversation today um i'm always comfortable talking to anyone about the vulva and i really wish that and hope all women out there well not just women just people in general would be comfortable speaking about the vulva just as you would any part of your body and with that that's the end of the podcast Thank you so much Dr. Grace Thank for coming you. through and doing this with us today to make my podcast feel more like real because now I have a doctor on it. And thank you so much to Strip and Tulips for doing this with us because like I said I truly believe that this is a conversation to be had and I'm glad that they believe in it too. Thank you guys. Bye.